Welcome to another episode of Matrix Assassins. Today, we are joined by the ultimate Matrix escape artist, Chris Story, who has created an entire business on how to optimize your avatar and lift the veil of the Matrix. A true veteran of the astral realm, Chris focuses on biohacking, holistic nutrition, and his products helped optimize spiritual, physical, and mental capabilities. Please welcome the host of Red Pill Initiation Hour and the CEO of Primal Alchemy, Chris Story. Shit, damn, Velo, you, you need to just bear on this podcast game and just become a copywriter. Dude, I know, right? <laughs> like, I have a gift. Yeah, you have the background for it, too. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Like, that uh, was the whole podcast. Yeah, that's it. Over. How do we do? <laughs> How are you, Chris? Very, very well. Thank you for having me on, guys. I've been uh, excited to come on and, you know, share share some deets with you guys. Um, I listened to a few of your other podcasts and was really interested in, you know, the direction that you're taking. I think it's really important for information like this to be pushed out there now. There, you know, the social media game is so saturated with bullshit with people that don't know what the fuck they're talking about running <laughs> their mouths and they end up amassing like millions of followers of brain dead zombies. And it's time for us to start dropping some real red pills into the arena and wake some people up because, you know, we're living in some very crazy times at the moment, biblical times mm-hmm. and the, the odds are against us. So we're needing everything that we can to gear up, suit up, and get ready for what's uh, what's coming in the next decade. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, listen, I absolutely love everything. I mean, from your supplements to your red pill initiation hour, we kind of talked online about how epic that is. Um, why don't you give the listeners just a little bit of background about how you built this incredible brand about escaping the matrix and how other people can do the same sure thing so uh there's like a little bit of background information on myself for people that are tuning in that already are familiar with me you know it already as all of our origin stories you know they're they're deeply rooted in our childhood and growing up i was you know a little bit of a black sheep a little bit of a uh, strange kid you could say and i was very interested in well actually saying that kind of like a normal kid i was interested in comic books sports superheroes the paranormal you know mythology and as i was growing up um i didn't really grow up i didn't really grow out of those interests And I kind of just got really interested in physical optimization in peak state performance from a young age. So I started like training like bodybuilding when I was like 15. By the time that I was 16, I was a qualified personal trainer when I was at college. College for us is like the last two years of our high school for you guys. So from 16 to 18, we go to college. And then when I was 18, um, I went off to university. I studied exercise physiology at uh, one of the best institutions here in here in the UK and I guess here is where the story gets a little bit esoteric um, I, when I was in my first year of university I joined uh, Freemasonry so I was, I was initiated into the Freemasons whoa 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 uh, yeah we need to whoa. stop there <laughs> slam the brakes yes. bro slam the yes. brakes everyone yes. get out of the car over that. <laughs> 
So yes, um, we need details on that. Like so what? how did okay. that work? Did they come to you or did you seek them out? We need to know well, this the, background. So the, 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 this is the thing. This is, this is where I'm a little bit estranged. So in my teenage years, in my early teenage years, I was, you know, pretty balls deep into occult and esoteric shit. I was reading Manly P. Hall, The Secret Teachings of All Ages, Madame Blavatsky's The Secret Doctrine, like all these heavy duty esoteric books. And by when I was like 15, it was, I reached out to the Freemasons and I was like, yeah, I want to be a Freemason. Sounds super logical. And then, um, I just, I just literally just kept pestering them and they were just like you got family in here kid and I was like no and they're like how, how do you even know who we are like how did you even find our details and then I just literally just kept pestering them for a year or two and then by the time when I got to university when I was 18 that's like the age where you're eligible to join and basically I got set up um and you know within within two years or so after a few uh child sacrifices and a few other rituals <laughs> a few a few chugs of adrenochrome i was um holding a rank within freemasonry where i was the youngest in the world to hold that rank so uh, you know couldn't say I'm okay, for the well. listeners he's being sarcastic think, <laughs> right yeah. i mean i'm not sure i can't tell Semi, semi, semi-sarcastic. Okay, okay. the, so, the American humor sometimes doesn't get the British humor, sarcasm. So, you, you know, it's, it's a very dry humor, but, you know, don't worry. There's no children being sacrificed <laughs> as far as I'm aware in, within the uh, initiation process that I went through. But, um, yeah, after, after that, I, uh, after university, I kind of gave up my Masonic career as such. I've got a lot of things to say on Freemasonry. Like we could go into that. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, I just okay, it was just with the Freemasonry, it's not as if they told you all the secrets of the world, like the first meeting, right? It's kind of like every you'll find out, you know, the the further you get in, you find out. So it's like kind of like the blinds leading the blind until you're way up there. This is the thing, like the the free the Freemasonry world is almost like a you know like a microcosmic mirror of what we find in the macrocosmic. Um, totality of what's going on in the world so you you got the the 98 percent which is completely clueless of what's going on you've got the one percent which are the dark magicians and you've got the one percent the other one percent which are the white magicians and it's this it's the same sort of thing within freemasonry like the majority of people that are in freemasonry don't have a clue what's going on mm-hmm. they're just there to you know socialize network get away from the wife and kids you know have a nice meal you know, maybe hook up a few business contacts and they do the, they do the rituals. They don't know what's going on. They, mm-hmm. just, they just learn it as you would do in school. You learn shit you, and then you regurgitate it. You pass your exams, you level up. This is the exact same thing here. Mm-hmm. And you can get people that can spend their whole life within the, within the craft, within Freemasonry. And, you know, they'll work up and they might get to, there's two, there's two different branches of Freemasonry. Once you do your, um, your entered apprentice your fellowship, and then your um, and then your master mason degrees. Their classes, your blue collar masonry degrees. Uh, that's what pretty much everyone goes through. And then there's like two branches. There's one called the Yorkshire Rite, and there's one called the Scottish Rite. Scottish Rite is what's going to be most familiar uh, stateside over here in the UK. It's like Yorkshire Rite. The Scottish Rite is where it goes up to the thirty third degree. So anyway, you could get someone who you know spends their whole life you know d- just showing up, do just doing the rounds, and they might 
you know, after 50 years or so, they might find themselves 18th degree, 19th degree, 26th degree, whatever. And they, they won't know anything more than the person down below in the first degree. Like literally no one knows what they're talking about. And then you might get someone else who, you know, comes from the right bloodline. They've got the right face. They're, they're on the right career ladder. They, they're kind of, you know, groomed from a young age through specific academic institutions, mm-hmm. uh, prestigious like Ivy League um, institutions or here in the UK, like red brick institutions. Um, and they might go from being initiated from into your, you know, your apprentice degree and then in one night all the way up to the 33rd degree and it's like bang they're just they're just thrown straight up into the into the upper ranks and then you know they're they're in the club they're in the secret handshake club and then they're they're on the on the road to world domination so Mm -hmm. it's that's just kind of how it plays out and the thing that just you know i went in there because i was searching for knowledge i i know you know, I've done enough reading on what I did enough reading on what Freemasonry was about. Uh, you know, I watched all the videos online. I watched all the conspiracy videos. I watched mm-hmm. all of the, you know, the esoteric side of Freemasonry of what it was about and the, where it was really fun, where it was really founded, going back to the Knights Templar, going back to ancient Egypt, going back to the Atlantean mystery schools. You know, that's what I wanted. I wanted that shit. I wanted that wisdom. And when I got there, it was just a bunch of old guys mm-hmm. just literally talking about, you know, business deals. And I was like, fuck this. I was, I'm not interested in this. And they kept all saying the same thing to me. They were like, oh, don't worry. You, you understand it as you progress, as you go along, you understand mm-hmm. it. And I was like, dude, you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, you obviously <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. I'm asking you these questions and you don't know. I can mm-hmm. see in your face that these words are just flying over your head. So then, you know, I, I just, I just had enough. And after those, after those three years, you know, after I finished university as well, it kind of like converged very nicely to my exit out of Freemasonry. And um, I went off and worked on the cruise ship as a personal trainer. And it was at this time that I got to travel the world. I got to go and like, you know, with like witness and experience like firsthand experience loads of different cultures their their philosophies on health on spirituality on just just general life and what it means to be human and what it means to live a spiritual life and i just studied it very closely for about two years and again even that like i had some really interesting experiences i went down to antarctica it's one of the the cool things that i did which again another rabbit hole a lot of things to discuss on that yeah i was just about to say did you go to the end of antarctica no i was not invited are you sure you were even in antarctica or is that what you chris what's the deal here I've got a lot. I've got a lot of. I've got a lot of opinions on Antarctica. Again, another sort of rabbit hole that I've done a bit of research in, especially being down there. Obviously, I wasn't down where you know some of some of the areas that are discussed with the military occupied zones. And when you start getting deeper inland, and you, you know where all these Nazi bases are and the entrance to the inner earth, I never got to that stage. Mm-hmm. But I was down on the outer rims, and even down there. You know, you could, you could see shit that was like, huh, this is odd. Like you, you'd look at the snow-capped mountains in the distance and, you know, some of them are natural looking, but some of them you're just like, mm, you know, that could very easily be a pyramid or mm, that could very, <laughs> could very easily be a pyramid. Yeah, that, that could yeah. very easily be like an evil layer to the Illuminati or some Nazi base. Definitely, definitely some interesting shit going on down there, especially when you're out at night. Because when you're out at night, especially at deep sea, and this isn't even, you know, regarding 
Antarctica, when you're out at night at deep sea and the lights are off and there's no light pollution and you're like looking at the stars and you're looking at the sky, you know, there, there's, a lot, there's a lot of anomalies. There's a lot of shit that you can just see in the sky where you're like, huh, you know, obviously some of those are stars, but some of those aren't stars. Some of those things up there are, look like they're unnatural. And down in Antarctica, you, there were just things that you would see. Like, again, it, it would play on your mind. Like, you'd see things just like whoosh, just fly by and then just appear, disappear, dematerialize. Again, it's not like I had like a, you know, like a telescope where I could zoom in and sit and see these things. But, you know, just through the naked eye, you can see that something was something was going on down there. And I think that Antarctica holds the secret to our ancient past. I think Antarctica is going to be the last sort of disclosure that we as humans need to be exposed to in order to fully grasp the uh, the extent of, you know, the situation on planet Earth and what's really going on. I think that is, once that veil has been lifted, uh, I think, you know, shit's really going to hit the fan. Um, so anyway, uh, progressing with the story, um, I did that for a few years. And then after... I was, you know, debating what to do. I was like, oh, you know, I'm not really happy doing this. I don't like this. You know, I hate being told what to do. I hate working for people. And um, I was planning on going back to university to do a, I wanted to do a, a master's in physiotherapy and then go off to do a PhD in the endocannabinoid system. I was really interested in that frontier of um, healthcare and medicine at the time. So I did a internship uh, out in Nepal out in Nepal um, as a physio. And I went out there for three months, went and lived there with a host family um, in order to do the work experience necessary to go back to university. And when I was out there, you know, I was like, you know, I don't fucking want to do this either. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, this is is boring as shit. It's like, it's all, it's all basic dated shit. Like everything's so rooted in academic dogma. There's no one that's Mm. putting any good, like, just no one's pushing no one's pushing the boundaries with this stuff and I was like do I really want to be sucked into this world for another few years to get a PhD and a doctor next to my name which does it do I even need that like so well I I went I was having like a deep kind of like inner dialogue to myself and I was like you know what I need I just need to leave this for a little bit so I went off into the Himalayas this is where the story gets very cliche as every Westerner does when they go off into the Himalayas and they have an awakening. Uh, I went off into the Himalayas and hiking for, for about two weeks. And I remember being out there in the, it's called the Annapuna region within, um, within the near Pakora in Nepal. It's a very beautiful mountain range, deep nestled deep within the uh, Western Himalayas. And I was out there and we, I was, I remember this one evening where I was in a, I was, outside of a little tea hut from where I was staying. And I remember just being sat outside and I was just looking up to the stars. And then I just had what you call a visionary mystical experience. And it was during this experience where I was essentially shown my destiny. I was shown that everything I had done up to that point, everything that happened in my life was to prepare me for what my destiny was, which was to bring all of this knowledge, all of this sort of ancient ancestral wisdom together with you know all the geeky science shit that I was very obsessed with at the time and to create a brand to create a business that would essentially be like a modern day mystery school that would bring everything to the next generation 
of you know the star seeds the indigo kids the rainbow kids the crystal children whatever you want to refer to them as this new generation of beings that were starting to populate the planet that were here with a destiny much like ourselves with a with a life purpose to guide the planet through the next stage of our evolution through this great awakening and that i played or i saw that i was going to play a big part in this and mm-hmm. be and and with with this brand that i was going to create was going to be a like a teacher like a guiding force to help in this transitional phase from you know this old age of pisces mindset into this new age of aquarius mindset this new enlightened mindset and pretty much from that moment on, um, I, you know, I, from that moment on, I just dedicated all of my life. All of, well, that was about five years ago, mm-hmm. five years ago or so. I've literally dedicated every breathing second to creating this brand and grinding it out to get to where I am to today. So that's pretty much the origin story of myself and Primal Alchemy. So for any for everybody that's listening, Primal Alchemy, you can visit him at primalalchemy.co.uk. I, I stalked the website, Chris. <laughs> we have to talk about it. Yeah. We gotta talk about this prana this prana bottle. Oh shit. Yeah, you Yeah, we gotta just bottle. the prana bottle. First off, I can't find a water bottle that one I don't break because I have the mm-hmm. glass ones. I shatter them like no other. It's a fucking crime scene. No matter where I go with my glass water bottles, so you know I, Nicole, both of I, both of us are very into like water filters. No fluoride in our water. Mm-hmm. So that was like the first thing that caught both of our attention. So please tell us about this prana bottle. Yeah, so the, the prana bottle is uh, made from something called Myron glass. Mm. Uh, so Myron glass was developed in the Netherlands, uh, in Holland, and it's made uh, using a proprietary blend of uh, like a, a mineral blend that creates this special glass. And it's, um, it's a violet glass. It looks black from the outside, but when you shine light on it, it's, um, it's violet. And basically what it does, what it has the ability to do is that if you were to compare it to the likes of normal green glass, you would call it like clear glass, green glass or brown glass, black glass. What these glasses do is that they let in um, a a certain uh, frequency spectrum of sunlight. So green glass will let in everything. Uh, Black glass will block certain certain frequencies. Uh, but letting others, same with brown glass, et cetera, et cetera. And what this violet glass does is that it allows in the specific frequencies of infrared, violet, and ultraviolet. Um, it, and then it refracts the the wavelengths that would be associated with over prolonged exposure would cause molecular decay. So the ones that it lets in the infrared, the violet, and ultraviolet, these are very healing, energy, energizing frequencies. So when you put water, you, you don't see the thing is you could get all of my products are cased in this Myron glass. So the oh. water bottle is one product, but all of the health supplements, they're, all, they're also encased in it. So you put it out in the sun, whatever's in it, 
then these light frequencies, when they hit the bottle and are absorbed into the bottle, they essentially restructure the water molecules within the products, within the herbal ingredients, or restructure the water within the water bottle. So they restructure it. And then what it does is it increases the subtle energetic potency of the water, as well as restructuring it. And then it, it retains the freshness over a lo longer period of time. So what other brands do, um, so there are a few other brands that don't necessarily sell the water bottle, but they case specific nutraceuticals in these, in, um, in these bottles, in these jars. And they generally like their reason for doing it is that it prolongs the shelf life. So that, mm, it, that it, makes sense. if you put um, herbs in there yeah. or you put food in there, um, you know, the esoteric, um, result or effect would be that it charges it with subtle energies but for you know the lay person uh the layman it's it essentially just prolongs the the shelf life so obviously it's a very beneficial thing for brands that want you know to increase the shelf life of their products mm -hmm. so those are genuinely the the main benefits of having it and then you start getting into some of the more esoteric side of things when you start looking at these different wavelengths you start looking at like the violet ultraviolet and then you start looking into the you know the the lore of the violet flame that's very big within spiritual mm. fields within the mm -hmm. ascended master um saint germain saint germain and yeah. you know the the violet flame is a very healing powerful spiritual energy and a lot of people use that to channel um channel these yeah to channel these spiritual energies and if you can get that into your foods so it imprints the food with this energy on a subtle energetic level then obviously the way that's going to interact with your own subtle energy bodies be that the light body the astral body etc etc you, you're only going to get more the way that i explain it is that it's like um kind of like if you go to the gym and you know the common saying is like you only train upper body, bro. You only train in your chest. What about your legs? You skip leg day. Like you're only training half your body. Well, if you look at that from, you know, a heightened perspective, you're like, well, you're only training half your being. If all you're concerned in is concerned is, is nourishing the physical aspect of yourself. Mm -hmm. You've got a whole other side of yourself. You've got the other side of the coin to look at as well. Like we're not just one side of the coin. We're the totality of the coin as a whole so what this does is that it gives you energy for your subtle body as well as your physical body so you're getting you know full spectrum nutrition full spectrum energy for the totality of your being that is such an awesome concept because i feel like over here you know in the west we neglect the spiritual aspect you know all the time amongst it's, other things yes it's yeah. just always you about the physical it's awful um but what i wanted to ask is um do you recommend actually kind of like charging it you know or having it in the sunlight for a particular amount of time before drinking it or does it just kind of collect the light whenever you're even inside uh so you you want to put it out in direct sunlight if you have it indoors and it's and it's going through windows or it's going through, you know, blinds or whatever it is that's going to be in the way, you know, it, that's going to have a different effect. You want mm -hmm. it in direct sunlight. It doesn't necessarily need to be in like a hot sunny day. It just mm -hmm. needs to be so sunlight is shining on it. 
And a, a good 30 minutes would, you know, charge it up. Um, a good 30 minutes, I would say, is what's necessary for the for the water anyway. Mm-hmm. And you'll taste it. Like, you, you, intuitively, you'll taste it. Like, if you were to have a bottle, if, if you were to put two bottles of water out there, one was in a normal glass bottle, one was in a plastic bottle, I wouldn't really recommend that because it looks yeah. plastics in there. Um, <laughs> or you have the you have the, the prana bottle. Then, you know, after 30 minutes, you'll taste it. The, the water tastes fresher thicker it's like more dense the mm-hmm. the, the um yeah it's, it's just a denser water and then if it's denser it just holds more energy so again it's it's for me personally it's not like I, i'm trying to well kind of am a bit of a sales plug but you know there's a lot of technology that's out there that's super expensive like i've mm-hmm. got a i've got a number of different technologies or technological devices to restructure water and they're fucking expensive they're yeah. really okay they, they are. are really expensive because i tried to look for like a ton of them on amazon yeah. and i'd always i'm like okay maybe after a couple glasses of wine i'll go like check it out but i can never just bring myself to do it because it's so expensive it's crazy Dude, they're, they're super expensive you're looking mm-hmm. at like 200 300 pounds you get sure. like Yep. You could get like this little cool water funnel one that I've got from a brand called Natural Actions Technology. Oh, I have that uh, one. You've got that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I what, have the, that The WeeWoo? Is that the one, the little yes, white funnel? Yes, yeah, I have the blue one. Mm-hmm. Pictures, Nicole, okay, or it didn't cool. happen. Bring it I out know, right I, now. I'd have to go downstairs. <laughs> All right, Nicole, you ain't playing around. You're already I know, yeah. She's not fuck around. Like, <laughs> she's actually wearing a whole EMF bodysuit right now. You just <laughs> yeah, I have a um, a bracelet you right here. Just have a Faraday cage built around you. <laughs> oh, what was that? Just got a Faraday cage built around you. Just literally, yeah. That much. paint, that paint behind you is EMF protectant. Exactly. When I went <laughs> when I went to Florida, I I ordered oh a God. damn Faraday cage off of Amazon to put on my mom's new smart meter that she <laughs> got on her house. Yes, I go I like, visit <laughs> literally because Nicole was in town, so I like go over there and I visit. I'm like, what's this package? And she like whips it out. And she's like, this is my my mom. Yeah, yeah she's like my mom. I can't believe her. Like she got a smart meter, so like she. Silly mom, silly yeah. mom. Yeah, I'm really mom? pissed off. I'm telling her to t- like call them and get it removed because oh. she's already reporting like health issues. She's one of the healthiest like older women I've ever met. And all of a sudden she's sp- like her blood pressure is spiking and she's never had high blood pressure in her life. It's only been there for like a little less than a month. So, you know, what comes <laughs> after the old uh, smart meter, don't you? Oh, gosh. What is it? What? The vaccine. That's next. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The what? Like that, that, that. That's the next step. You get your smart meter. You get your. Vaccine. She already got it too, and I tried she got my hardest. Yeah. yeah, I know. Oh, I know. I know. It's like my dad got ugh, his. The worst. Yeah, don't worry. My parents got theirs as well. They did too. Ugh. Yeah, I was let's, like, let's call it the jab, just so. Oh, true. You know. yeah. Oh, okay. So you don't get deplatformed already. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm. We're on a roll here. On episode nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, episode nine. It's like right before we take off. This whole fucking thing explodes. Uh, no. <laughs> It's like, how about no? Yeah, access denied, fuckers. Yeah, exactly. Um, where what were we discussing about (laughs) the water structure before before we find out how woke you are, Nicole? (laughs) We were talking about water structuring and the different expensive devices that are out there. Yeah. So as as we as we mentioned, like those things aren't cheap. You know, you're looking at a few hundred quid, a few hundred dollars. 
And, um, you know, the, the Prana bottle I sell, I'm selling it for about 25 pounds. Now, uh, I can't necessarily convert that into dollars in my head. I think it's like 1.7 US dollars to the pound at the moment. But, you know, 25 quid compared to what you're going to be oh, paying for, sure. for any of these other mm-hmm. technologies, it's a cheap, effective way to be able to purify your water. Now, it's not good. There, there are a few people out there that are a little bit more unfactual than myself Mm -hmm. and they will tell you that the that these light frequencies purify the water and it rids it of fluoride chlorine etc etc i'm not going to state that because i don't think it does so Mm -hmm. i would only use it with purified water anyway i have a very specific water regime um that i follow so the water that i'm using is already like you know, a pretty next level before it even goes into the bottle. But for most people, if you just had some good spring water or, you know, just, just, you know, spring water is where you want to start. Mm-hmm. You can start getting into the filtered waters later on, but if spring water into the bottle, charge it in the sun for 30 minutes and you couldn't go wrong with that. That'd be a good little, uh, good little gig. My body just like feels good thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just like, oh, yes. It's so important to start. I mean, I think like one of the easiest steps to start to exit the matrix is start with the start with your water. Mm-hmm. That was that was the first step that I took and I mean, I just in, I did start to feel better and I started like chasing these highs and like okay, like what else can I cut out? Oh, laundry detergent, any fragrances? I mean, mm-hmm. there's narcotic I mean, we are addicted to narcotics, fragrance fragrance like quote unquote that you see on like the labels and all of that it's just pure chemicals so just getting getting out of that and escaping that what are some of okay so going back to your your products here i i I also have to commend you i was just like really taken back by the, how it, how it's sourced. I think it's called Mm -hmm. the how the detail believe I've never, I've never seen that ever. So can you talk about that? Cause I was just like, I was really taken back by that. Sure thing. So, um, it's, it, it says detail, the way you pronounce it is died out. I doubt. Um, yeah. <laughs> you gotta imagine you gotta you gotta channel your or your inner orients. I can do that. Dai-dao. So Dai Dao sourcing. And it uh basically what the Dai Dao is is a concept within traditional Chinese medicine where herbs are sourced from specific regions that are deemed and revered to be the spiritual homelands, and it's in these specific regions where these traditional Chinese herbalists through thousands of years of observation believe that the herbs grow to be the most phytochemically rich and it's to do with the environment like different plants grow uh, better in specific environments and that's from you know the, the the soil quality that's to do with just you know the actual energy of the land itself and what what this does is it just it create it's kind of like a level up from the whole philosophy of sourcing locally. Like if you source locally, then you're going to be consuming food that has a circadian match because it's grown on the same land that your body is having constant connection with. And then you're receiving the light codes from the sun that, you know, or that tells your body that you're actually in the place where you're living. So it's kind of like a level above that, but for the herbal world. And basically what I do is, you know, within all of our formulas, I source the the ingredients from, well, I died out, source the ingredients 
from their respective regions. So, for example, you've got the the reishi mushroom. Like reishi is one of like the most revered um, adaptogenic nootropic herbs within traditional Chinese medicine. And I died out source that from the Wuyi Mountains or Wuyi Shan mm. um, in China. Uh, the Wuyi Mountains has got like this mystical lore surrounding it because of this ancient sage called Peng Zhu, and Peng Zhu was this uh well there was this taoist sage and he lived out in the mountains and supposedly he lived to over like 140 years and when people were asking him like what do you actually do like what do you drink what do you eat he literally just consumed um rishi he literally yeah. just he literally just consumed rishi he ate rishi and he made rishi tea and we probably lied. He probably took up a shit as well, but you know, it's, it, it all adds into it. And anyway, he, he was like one of the most revered Taoist um, Magi, Taoist sages. And that whole area is just um, kind of, yeah, shrouded with his energy, with his energy that's still long lasting. And it's a beautiful area. Like if you put in Wu Yishan or the Wu Yi Mountains into Google and just look at a few pictures of it, it's a be- it look it literally looks like it's out of Avatar. You know, there's some of these places that are on planet Earth that just look like they look mystical. They look like they're in a in a different dimension. They just look like they're in like what you'd expect the astral realm to look like, where all the gods reside. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful. So you and then when you start looking into some like some of the um geographical factors it's like the soil there is less acidic you know it's the, got the perfect growing conditions for the rishi um again the the rishi is then exposed to a certain amount of stressors environmental stressors that allow it to build up the phytochemical profile that's necessary to you know be beneficial for us mm-hmm. and then that's that's the rishi you've got the chaga the chaga is sourced from um the Altai region in Siberia and you know it gets wow. below 50, it gets below minus 50 there and then this is these conditions allow the the chaga to really like ramp up its intrinsic nutritional profile so you get these real like extensive um nutritional constituents within the chaga which the Russians refer to as the chromogenic complex um, and then you get the melanin. The melanin is what's going to be the main fuel for the pineal gland. So you can start mm-hmm. getting into some of the more esoteric concepts there as well in regards to like really charging up the third eye and, you know, Chaga's relationship with um, Siberian shamanism and, you know, Siberian folk medicine and everything they have to say about that. Again, you can only get that from a specific region within Siberia, very specific region. And then that, then that, that whole sort of philosophy is sort of, um, you know, shown throughout my whole product range of just sourcing mm-hmm. from very specific regions. And then obviously with my own personal experience with using these herbs, uh, developing formulas that, you know, are part personal experience, part scientific um you know backed in regards to studies of what's the clinical dose what what's needed to get the effect etc etc and then that's kind of how i've sourced the ingredients and then formulate them can you kind of explain what the function of the melanin is in the body or like so what the, mel- the, the melanin are. is yeah it's like a photopigment mm-hmm. so it's, gonna, it's what's going to absorb light 
Mm-hmm. So, and this, this is obviously is especially important for the pineal gland because it's the main fuel for the pineal gland. So if you're giving your body more melanin, not to be confused with melatonin, right. which mm-hmm. is something different again, mm-hmm. the melanin itself feeds the pineal gland and allows you such kind of like um, chlorophyll does where it allows you to absorb photons. So mm-hmm. photon being light, light being information. So the more that you have these chemicals in your body that allow you to absorb light, that allow you to absorb photons, you're absorbing essentially information. And then if all of your, you know, your energy systems, your endocrine system, your chakra systems, you know, operating correctly, you know, this energy is going to have an open circuit to be able to run through. And then you're going to be able to process like more information, you know, order out of chaos, you lower the entropic um factor of you know just being able to process information and that's when you become more aware that's when you become more conscious because generally you're able to process or digest and process information better mm-hmm. so it's a better alternative to Neuralink, huh <laughs> definitely um definitely so <laughs> okay i have a couple a couple of questions and so you had mentioned that when you were in Nepal, you got this inspiration. You wanted to really build a guide and a business to guide people to optimize their avatar. So I thought it was interesting that you had mentioned the word avatar. And I guess my question for you is, what do you think, you know, if you're saying the word avatar, like what are your thoughts on who we are and what the nature of reality is? Yeah, so one of the big things that the whole Primal Alchemy brand is built upon, again, this comes from personal experience through just mystical experiences, through psychedelic experiences, through research, through intuitive wisdom, is that we are essentially living in a spiritual MMORPG. Uh, What I mean by MMORPG is a massively multiplayer online RPG, Mm -hmm. much like you get like the World of Warcraft, where, you know, you've got all of these people that play on a single server and you, you know, you're, you're essentially plugged into a digital world. That's very similar to how I see it, the matrix that we're living in. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole thing that I, that I built this brand around is basically that we have this avatar, this human flesh body, this biological temple clom- complex that our consciousness is tuned into. And, you know, you, you're playing the game of life. You're playing, you're playing this game with billions of other souls that are dialed in and tuned into their into their meat vessels <laughs> and we're and we're here to explore we're here to learn and we're here to spiritually evolve so while you're playing as this you know current incarnation that you know you're playing as nicole you're playing as Vila, i'm playing as chris mm-hmm. um you know you you want you want to be able to learn experience and evolve and in order to do so i want my avatar vessel that i experience this realm through to be optimized as fuck. I want to be, you know, if you're playing, <laughs> if you're playing World of Warcraft and you have a character that you're playing as, you can choose to play as a mage, you can play as a warrior. You know, you want their stats maxed out. You don't want to be playing as some low-level bitch, level one, like, <laughs> that, gets, that gets beat by some basic, like, hog. Like, you go out into the wild and then you get hit a few times yeah. in the bed. Like, you want to be maxed out. You want to have all of the top strength, like mana, fucking intellect attribute points maxed out. You want to be able to have all of the cool like amulets and talismans and you want to be able to amass 
all of the cool magical powers that we have available mm-hmm. to us so that we can experience the best of this world, of this realm in the time period that we're here so that we can, you know, be the best versions of ourselves to serve ourselves and then to serve others. And then if, and then as we do that, as we level up, you know, just like as you play, as you, again, if you play any RPG, when you start off and you're low level, you have to do kind of boring quests. You do boring quests. And as you level up, new areas of the map, new areas of the game world open up to you. And then as new areas of the game world open up to you, you get, you get bigger, harder trials, challenges to overcome. And as you level up, you learn new skills you, you get, you gain new powers, you meet new people, you meet new exciting people, you go on side quests, you can put, you, you, you link up with people that have a common mission to yourself. Mm-hmm. And as you, as you begin to play this game of life in the real world, you know, you, you can, you can mirror that with what you, how you would play in a, in a virtual world, but in the real world, and um, like the, this isn't just based off my own sort of personal philosophy even though it kind of is there is a lot there's a it is kind of like rooted in Mm. deep spiritual esoteric knowledge and you know there's a lot of science behind it now you get a lot of mainstream scientists like on my podcast i've talked to uh, thomas campbell he's a really interesting guy he was a nuclear physicist um he was one of the uh the the founders of the monroe institute Oh my gosh, that keeps coming up. That you keeps that coming place? up. Yeah, I think we're yeah. going to go there. No, You're going to go happened, there. Yeah, I happened to find it online just by happenstance and then started looking into it and was so interested in a lot of the work that they're doing. Dude, I've got some, uh, I've got someone I can link you up with who, you know, he spent a lot, he's like an OG within this realm and he's, um, he's done the rounds. He's been there like three, four times and he's got some crazy stories to tell, dude. He's got some crazy <sighs> stories yeah. of like, going going into like hypnagogic states where you yeah. go out of body and then they he went he did a, something called soul retrieval where he went back in time in a past life and retrieved a fragment of his soul to be able to heal his current his current light body he's mm-hmm. got some crazy stories and yeah. anyway well he, isn't um, that isn't it connected so the people I've, we've talked on previous episodes about um the gateway process, which is like a declassified document from this, the CIA. And I think the trainers actually came out of that Institute that came in and trained some of the people on the inside that were trying to do this astral projection and, and like, you know, just trying to find information remotely and all of that type of stuff. Yeah, so this was all started back in the 1970s. And mm-hmm. what it was is that there was this guy called Bob Monroe, and he was mm-hmm. like a uh, like a radio station owner. He made bank, he was self-made, and um, basically he was just really interested in this stuff. So he had he created his own sort of like, in, like research institute, mm-hmm. uh, which become known as the Monroe Institute. And he recruited uh, Thomas Campbell, um, like I was saying, as this nuclear physicist. And, you know, that, you read is, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. yeah like when you when you read the stories like this guy thomas man he's uh he you look at him and he looks like the architect from the matrix like you need to look at a picture of him he looks like oh, that yeah, guy with white beard and hair and he he's like the indiana jones of the astral realm like he's got some crazy stories he's got this book called my big toe which is an acronym for my big theory of everything oh wow and he um 
he, he, he's again a big proponent of this whole living in a spiritual mm -hmm. RPG, well, not a spiritual RPG, but a spiritual virtual reality. And then you, I've also had on my podcast Dr. Donald Hoffman, mm -hmm. who um, I think he's out in uh, UC, University of California, Berkeley, something like mm -hmm. that. I can't remember the top of my head. And he's done a lot of research into the simulated universe and um, the nature, like the fundamental nature of um, consciousness. You've got Riz Burke, who's another guy. He's got a real good book with the simulation hypothesis. And, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting to, to look at both sides of the story, to look at both mm -hmm. the, you know, the, um, the Western academic realm starting to explore these ideas and then looking back into history with some of our, you know, the Eastern sort of spiritual beliefs, uh, although they didn't, you know, the terminologies are different. The core concepts are pretty consistent throughout. And it seems that we're starting to, you know, validate a lot of those concepts that, you know, these ancient sages of the past were discussing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting concept that, again, and I, be, I believe it on a soul level, like on a soul level, like the way that I see myself is that I'm player one. Like, again, that's why, that's why I love The Matrix, that's why I love Ready Player One, like all of these films that are coming out that are like forms of soft disclosure mm -hmm. on these concepts. And uh, I see myself as, as player, player one in this game. And it's like, I know what my quest is. And, you know, I'm doing my best to level myself up and to help level other people up so that we can, you know, that, so we can complete the game so that yeah. we can ascend personally on a personal level, but also ascend on a collective level. And the more that work that we do on ourselves, this creates that ripple effect yes. throughout the game world. And then the whole, the whole, it's like as above, so below you, you, you evolve on a personal level, you evolve on a collective level, you evolve on a global level, you evolve on like a galactic level, you evolve on a universal level and you just create this ripple of awakening throughout the universe of self-realization, self-actualization. And it just, you know, you, the levels are limit, limitless, you know, and they go far behind, but beyond that we can even begin to comprehend, but on ground level, you know, you got to do what you can do in your immediate environment, in your immediate surroundings. What does that? What does that mean? It means that you take care of the things that are within your local environment that you can control: you, your physical self, your mental self, your emotional self, your spiritual self. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've committed my life to. That's what I've built this whole brand around: is basically going, you know, down, down to the deepest levels of you know, pretty much every subject I can devour and integrate into the brand on how to become the ultimate version of yourself, which is why I created that superhuman mm -hmm. optimization map, which Yo, is like we got to get into that. We want to get into that. We, we need to get into that. Yeah, we wanted it, to ask yeah. how to actually like navigate it, like what your process would be, because the, it's just jam packed with so much information yes. And it's yeah. amazing. And it's I just wonder amazing. if you have like a guide on how to sort of go through that and get you the know, most I was, out of um, it. One of the reasons I made it is because, you know, as I know you had Champ on the podcast. He mm -hmm. did his um, Great Awakening map. I don't know if you've had Dylan Monroe on the podcast or if you know about him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I really like those maps. I was yeah. really into them. But the thing is with them, again, this is not a knock on those guys. 
but it is what it is, is that, you know, it's just a lot of conspiracy stuff. And conspiracies are great. Like, they're great to learn about, they increase your awareness. But, I mean, okay, you, you know about fucking Operation Bluebeam or, you know, you know about fucking, you know, you, you know about all these crazy conspiracies. But what does that actually mean to you? It means fuck all. You can't do anything about it. You're still the same person knowing it. You're just aware of a little bit more. So I wanted to create a map that was about solutions. It was about you. It was about bettering yourself and in combination with those maps, like those maps are great. I've got the great awakening map um, up on my, up on my bedroom wall. I think, I, I think it's sick. It's a cool bit of art. So I wanted to create this map that was more about solutions and, you know, I wanted to make it quite artistic in my own way. You know, it's not, it's not kind of, structured the same ways as theirs as with all the arrows and things linking together i was trying to make it so it would all fit in and make it unique uh for me the best way to navigate it personally because there's a lot of shit, like you said it's fucking dense and there's a it's lot of information so dense. yeah so, but yeah, it's, it's epic it's epic it is. yeah and and um, you and anybody that's listening you can go ahead you can go can you tell them where to find it yeah, sure. So you can go on my website on primalalchemy.co.uk. It's a free PDF download. Um, again, there's there's different variations of it. You can get the free PDF download, which is great for having on your computer uh, to get like a high res so you can zoom in and you can like get into the nitty gritty of it because there is a lot of information on it. You can have it on your phone. But then I also do other versions, which would be help, which would be great. Sorry, if you could help me and support me with this work, where you know you can buy it as a as a twenty four by thirty six inch poster or a framed art print, things like that. You know, obviously, I want to give this information away for free because I believe that mm-hmm. it should be readily available. But supporting me by you know purchasing you know a poster version of it that 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 would be amazing and that would be that would be massively appreciated on my end. But the way that I would work with it is that you simply just get it. You have a little brief, just look over it, just mm-hmm. see what naturally and intuitively you're drawn to on it. And then what I would do is just close my eyes and I would just kind of like run my hand either, if you've got the poster form, run my hand over the poster, or if you've got it on the computer screen, just run your hand over the computer screen with your, with your, with your eyes shut. And then just wherever you feel that intuitive pull to, just stop and then just open your eyes and then just see what you're on and then just research it. Um, there's going to be things on there that are going to resonate with you. There's going to be things on there that you're going to nah, fuck this is boring, uh, this horseshit bullshit, but there's going to be <laughs> other things that you're just going to feel like, you know, intuitively you're going to, Oh shit, this is interesting. And then, you know, it's all well and good again, reading stuff and acquiring knowledge, but it's, you know, we, we, we don't want knowledge we want experience and that experience creates the transmutation of knowledge into personal wisdom. And when you get that personal wisdom on a subject, that's when you actually level up. So, you know, there's a lot of subjects on there. You need to learn, you need to, you need to, you need to learn through actually acquiring the knowledge and then you need to learn through personal self-experimentation. And when you do that, that's how you level up. It's the famous, um, again, I, I mentioned Manly P. Hall earlier. One of his, one of his uh, best quotes that I love is that chemical um, experiences are the chemicals in which the philosopher experiments with. So through these experiences that you have through acquiring knowledge and experimenting with it, you, your body is the cauldron, your soul is the base metal, and these experiences are the chemicals that you're mixing in order to perfect 
you know, to turn the base metal into gold. And it's these experiences with this knowledge that when combined, you know, you can come out as a completely different person. And there's just so much information on that map that, you know, even if you just, you know, you, you attempted to learn 10% of it, yeah, 10% actually practiced it and gave it like a month of consistent practice and was persistent with it. You know, you, you, you're going to level the fuck up. You're going to be, you, you're going to start to, you're going to start to wake up. You're, you're naturally as you, as you um, progress, as you level up, your awareness increases, your level of consciousness increases, your, your upward path on the spiral of self-development you begin to you be yeah you just begin to experience the world with a whole new set of eyes i yeah so when we had when we had champ on he made a really great point he was like detoxing is great for your health but there's just other things that detoxing can do to open up your world and you can manifest quicker mm-hmm. things start to happen for you even better the one thing that i the, the one thing that I feel like really resonates with me and this map is for me, I love, I love understanding conspiracies and all of this. And when people tell me to do X, Y, and Z, but what does that look like on a daily basis and having action steps to get there? I need direction. I'm just direction oriented. And sometimes some of this, some of these things can be super overwhelming. And so this map is really like, if people are like, where do I need, where, where do I start with all of this? Cause of course this, you know, realizing that everything is, it has not, you know, you, we've been lied to our whole lives and then, <laughs> and all of this information, it can be so overwhelming. So it's like, how do we break this down on a, on a granular level and really just make baby steps to again, level up every single day. And this map is freaking, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. How long did it take you to, I mean, this looks like at least a decade. Of, <laughs> of, yeah. it's, how it's, much it's time like did a- you put into this? I mean, it's it's a it's like a decade's worth of work. It has all the work from my teenage years to where I am now in regards to everything that I've researched, everything that I've tried. Um, so the way that I've broke the map down is that it's it's split into different sections. So you've got the outer portions, which are the enter the avatar matrix. So these are all of the subjects, uh, topics to research regarding simulation theory, quantum physics, ancient history, learning about our past so that you can understand our present and where we're leading into the future. You've got the avatar instruction manuals. So again, with the avatar instruction manuals, I you know we're not told or tool anything about, you know, how do we actually run this avatar? How do we, how do we actually understand our ego and in self and ego development models? So there's some really interesting, um, really interesting things to check out on that side of the map. One thing I would suggest looking into is the Enneagram. Uh, mm-hmm. This is like a personality, yeah, personality mm-hmm. profiling tool where you can learn a little bit more about yourself on like a deep soul level. And once you've, un- once you kind of know where you're placed within that, it gives you like a good little structured path in regards to where's your shadow? Like w- 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 what are the personality traits that you have that, you know, you can work on? What are your core fears, how to overcome that? And then as you sort of move out into the other parts of the map, you've got the nutrition keys, so you can learn all the stuff to do with ancestral nutrition. Nutrition is a fucking big rabbit hole, guys, and mm-hmm. you're talking about detoxing. And I've got a lot of things to say about detoxing because it's massively misunderstood and it's mm-hmm. massively overhyped. But again, 
Maybe it's maybe a I'm pro- I probably it. overhype it. Oh shit. Am I overhyping it? Probably, you know, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> My bad guys. I want to hear no, about I mean, that. Don't get me wrong, yeah, like, tell us like yeah. what no, det- detoxing is great, but it's only one side of the coin. Like if you're detoxing, mm. you cleanse in your body. Yeah, it's great to cleanse your body. But how long do you have to keep cleansing your body for? Like everyone's in a perpetual state of detoxing. It's like when, when do you get to the point where you actually have to start building the body back? It's like you don't just keep cleaning a, a, like a if you've got a clean, like a dirty bathroom and you're cleaning it. Like there's a point in time where it's like, OK, it's clean now. But you don't just keep cleaning it over and over and over and over again. And what happens if you just keep detoxing the body, like you're going to start to deteriorate the body. You need to, again, the body is an electro biochemical temple complex. And just like you got the pyramids, these great Gothic cathedrals of the, you know, the ancient world, they were built with the correct materials. They wasn't built with hay and straw. So if you, all you're doing is detoxing and cleaning you're not building your body. You're not giving mm-hmm. your body what it needs to actually get stronger, to actually get, you know, to, to optimize it. You can't just keep cleaning it over and over. With the map, you then get into the kryptonites. So the kryptonites is the area of the map that you are things in this world that you want to stay away from. So that's going to cover a lot of the things from, you know, the poisons in the food that we eat, the water we drink, the air that we breathe, the non-ionizing electromagnetic fields that affect us, things, uh, just, you know, governmental technologies that have, that have a detrimental effect on our health and our spiritual health. And then you start getting into the actual avatar which is the physical optimization keys the mental the spiritual and the emotional optimization keys so these are all practices um protocols um just bits of information for you to research that you know if you if you took for just say you had a month if you took one physical mental spiritual emotional practice and you know you practice them throughout the week for a month you know you'd you'd, you'd see some big shifts I seen that you were going to say something then, Vida, while we were uh, while I was just saying that. I have so many things to say. Oh, <laughs> um, I so okay. So I was looking at the kryptonites. I don't see Taco Bell on here. I think you, you're going to need to add that. <laughs> but also, I know <laughs> that's my kryptonite. Oh that's my yours. gosh. Oh gosh. Oh no. Um. Okay, but I do. So this one that I found interesting was veganism. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on veganism? It's definitely a kryptonite, hence the reason why it's in the kryptonite zone. So, the, yeah, the, like the veganism, this plant-based agenda mm. is to really disconnect. It's, it's, be, it's being force-fed to us to disconnect us from our spiritual heritage, our ancestral connection, and our connection to the planet. You know, veganism mm. is not only detrimental to our health, it's detrimental to the planet's health. Like, it's fucking the planet up. It's fucking us up. Um, where do you want me to start with it? <laughs> no, I, I guess that was a loaded question. I just, I just, I, I found that to be interesting. I'm still learning about veganism and some people, you know, it's, it's, I guess in the spiritual community and you, you know what I'm about to say in the spiritual community. It's dogma, mm-hmm. Vilo. It's, it's again, a lot of the people. Don't judge me, Chris. Community. I feel the judging eyes. No, I thought that this was a safe a space. I, I thought that this was a safe I'm space. Not. No, we are no, not it's vegan. Not, it's not, not a safe space for vegans. Vegan, vegans aren't welcome. <laughs> Sorry, Vigo. The snowflakes are triggered now. They're it's like, funny fuck, because... I thought this kid was woke. 
I used we, to. Oh, we think- only have ass, uh, assassin listeners. We have no snowflakes around. Here. Yeah, that's true. That's good. I used to think um, like years ago, I was like, oh, wow, that might be the optimal diet, you know, because it's like it's cutting out certain things that, you know, there's been an agenda to tell us that it's healthy. And also now with this moving away from natural food, like you said, and going towards this plant-based, but not plant-based as in, you know, actually having the legit like fruits and vegetables, but engineering food. The glyphosate. You know, the yeah, glyphosate. So, and and with, you know, what's going on with like Bill Gates creating this whole, you know, the fake meat and putting all this investment into building meat and protein in a lab in order to mass produce fake meat to feed the planet. It's like, I kind of see where that veganism narrative came from and sort of where it's going. They're carrying it out now. Whereas like 10 years ago, we didn't see where it was going. So I can see why. Yeah, I can see why it took on and it went on pretty strong. But now it's like, oh, wow, okay, this is what the end game is for this. For sure. Like you've got to think of it from an ancestral perspective. For you guys, for me, most of us will have our, you know, if we trace our our heritage back, our genetic lineage back, it's probably going to be Northern European. So if we're if we're spiritual, you know, we're not fucking vegans, but if we're spiritual (laughs) to natural law of the environment, then what would our diets be? Our diets would be, you know, ancestral diets would be in the winter months, you know, like are, do, do plants grow all year round? Are you going to be able to get be able to get a kale smoothie all year round from where you're at? No, you're not. In the winter months, you know, the plants and vegetation will have been pretty sparse throughout northern Europe. Again, it's a little bit of a different story if you're from the southern hemisphere. But for the point that I'm making, I'm making it in regards to Europeans uh in the in the winter months it would have been very sparse so what your your food source you for so not just survival but to thrive would have been animal would have been hunter gatherer lifestyle which would have been predominantly animal fats animal animal meats animal organ meats and they are the most nutrient dense most bioavailable foods on the planet and if you're in that state if you're eating a high protein high fat low carbohydrate diet generally you're going to be the whole cycle would be a cyclical ketogenic state so you would be you would gain this metabolic flexibility where you would have this ability to be able to burn glucose and fat for ketones as a fuel source in and in the winter months you would have been you know you would have been living off animal meats so protein and fats you and then as as um, as the winters sort of progressed and you moved into spring and more sort of like plant vegetation would grow, you would have access to fruits and you would have access to plant material, but not much because it, there was no agriculture back then. So it would have just been whatever, whatever, whatever you would have been able to pick up during the hunt. And this would have gave you glucose, a little bit of glucose a little bit of glucose for immediate bursts of energy so so that you could go and get the more satiating food, which would have been the animal produce. And then in the, in the spring and summer months, you would be, because you have been increasing this, the, um, the glucose uh, from these increased plant material, you also get increased exposure to the sun, increased vitamin D, the increase in vitamin D then increases your glucose sensitivity, which allows you to absorb the sugars easier and better. So you don't become glucose resistant or insulin resistant, which a lot of people suffer from today. 
And then you also put on a little bit of weight in the summer. So we have this idea that we have to get shredded, shredded for the beach <laughs> in the summer months. And that's completely against nature. What we want is to put on a little bit of weight in the summer so that you have that little bit more fat storage so that as you move into the winter months, you know, you've got that fat that can then be burned as ketones. And then you, you have that cyclical um, link to nature then where you're going through a fat burning state into a sugar burning state into a fat burning state. And the other thing you need to think of is that, you know, animals don't want to die, nor do plants. The whole universe is alive. Everything is a sentient, conscious life form. Plants do not want to die. Animals have the luxury. They have the anatomy that they can run away from predators. That is their defense mechanism. Plants do not have that luxury. So what is their defense mechanism? They have inbuilt over time, these um, inert chemicals, uh, which if predators consume on a consistent basis, then it starts to fuck with them. So these are what are called anti-nutrients. These are like mm -hmm. oxalates, phytates, um, lectins, gluten, all of these things that if we consume over and over and over, they begin to um, cause, you know, enzymatic dysfunction within our system. They cause adverse, um, adverse reactions in regards to the assimilation of vital minerals and vitamins that we need in our diet to be healthy. So if you're just consuming something all year round, like a plant-based diet all year round, not only is that completely unnatural because plants don't grow all year round, the same plant can't grow all year round. It's like Mufasa said, it's the circle of life. You know, and it's the intention that you have. It's the spiritual connection. There is no death. Okay. There is only the exchange of energy. So when you, if you have the correct intention going into eating a meat and you have that connection, it's that exchange of spiritual energy. There's no death. There is just the movement of energy. And, you know, you, you know, all these vegans, they want, they want to quote their fucking favorite Indian chief quote. What did the native Indians eat? <laughs> they, they, they eat bison and buffalo. They're they out there fucking smashing the meat. Like, again, smashing it's, the meat. I love a good bison burger. Yeah, there's a lot of this fucking cognitive dissonance going around where they're just, they're just, they're just not very. Again, I don't want to. I'm not slamming the vegans because you know. <laughs> yes, you are. Well, yes, kind of you am. are. <laughs> I kind, of, kind of am, but not a personal attack to the individual. It's not yeah, personal. It's, it's not personal. It's to, it's to the it's to the actual philosophy and movement. Mm -hmm. And then again, like, what does it do to the planet? You're taking these massive um, acres and acres and acres of land, and you're monocropping. You're monocropping the, the these veget these vegetations, these these um, plants. So, and then you're just spraying the ground with glyphosate with these pesticides, herbicides, mm -hmm. fungicides, genetically modified seeds. So, you know, I you're you're depleting the soil of its nutrients, of its health. You're like destroying the land. And you're doing that year round, year round, year round, year round. You're force feeding people. And I'm telling that from me, this is coming from me personally, okay? I run a supplement business. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in the business of health. I know what the prices are for ingredients. I'm, I know what the prices are for, you know, plant-based material. And I can tell you that plant-based material is cheap as fuck. And what they do is that they buy all of this cheap genetically modified plant-based material these hybridized fruits vegetables whatever it is this horse shit that they that they pack it in fancy <clears throat> hipster packaging and then sell it to you at a premium as if it's like gonna you know it's gonna be the next big thing the next big health trend because some fucking brain dead influencer on instagram is running their mouth <laughs> on how's oh my detox tea it's again <laughs> they just they don't know what they're on about guys seriously mm -hmm. it's 
And it's just been, you've got to follow the money on this. You've got to follow, like, who are the people that are profiting the most? Exactly. Who's who's got the most farmland? Who is now the biggest farmland owner Mm -hmm. in the United States? Bill Gates, BG. Oh, yeah. 40%. 40%. What, what other, where's, where's all his money going? Oh, Monsanto. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, Bayern. Uh What, what do they do? Oh, genetically modified seeds. Oh, he's got the vaccine, which genetically modifies you. So he Mm -hmm. controls pretty much everything from food to plate. And then you start looking at like, so for example, um, some here in the UK, it's it, it just say it's winter time and you're a vegan. You're like, ah, oh, what am I going to have today? You know what? I'm going to go to Starbucks. And I'm going to have a fucking mango smoothie. Do mangoes grow in the fucking UK in winter? <laughs> no, they're out in the Caribbean. So what you're doing then, you start looking at this from a different level. It's like you're creating a circadian mismatch because mm-hmm. the, you're getting fruits that's grown on the other side of the planet mm. and in a in a tropical climate and you're consuming that and your body is getting the information from the sun from the fruit that's telling you that it's summer but it's not it's winter here but your your body on an informational level is receiving you know this information at summer and it creates confusion it creates stress in the body again it's subtle but if you do that continuously over time it all adds up and then it's like oh what about all what about the whole journey from you know from picking the mango to here how much what's uh-huh. that go through the plastic consumption the carbon emissions that that's been expensed in order to get that into your hands with the fancy starbucks logo that you're paying a premium on uh-huh. so again it's just Everything that is being pushed through the mainstream, this whole vegan plant-based agenda is destroying the planet, is destroying your health, and you're just being led astray. And then it just gets fucking wrapped in a shiny, nice spiritual dogma where it puts people on their moral high horse thinking that they're super spiritual, that they're super woke, and they're doing the world a favor. And then they start to shit on people that, you know, because they eat meat. Now, I'm not an advocate of factory farming, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. I think you should eat locally sourced foods, mm-hmm. everything that's in your immediate environment, because then you're tuned into your local environment. I don't agree with factory farming, but, you know, actual, you know, biodynamic sourced foods um you start looking at regenerative farming you start looking at rotational grazing of um cattle like that's how we're going to restore our land that's how we're going to replenish the land replenish the soil like our top la- layer soil is fucked mm-hmm. everything fucked because the corporations have completely raped this planet and then you've got all these brain dead moron sheep that are just eating it up like fucking Kobayashi and they're completely clueless to, you know, the agenda behind it. And, you know, I go on a little bit of a rant, but it's just something that, you know, I'm very passionate about because it's something, especially within the health realm, there's a lot of health influencers out there that are just talking about shit that they don't know. They don't know, but because they've got a fucking promo code, you know, to the Herbalife and, you know, they're making, <laughs> they're making some bank off it then it's it, they, they're just completely clueless to what the truth is and what the true agenda is. And that is to make people, that's the, the true agenda behind it all, as we all know here, is depopulation. Mm-hmm. They want to populate the planet. They want to even make us sterile. They want to make us weak. They want to make us docile. And they want to make us, you know, just subservient, conformative sheep. And I just ain't going to stand for that. Uh, I'm not going to stand mm-hmm. for it. And to participate in it and want it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah to fight Support for it. it. To beg fight for, for it. it. To beg yeah. to be unhealthy, to beg to die sooner, you know? 
Yeah, that they're they're fight for it. That's that's the thing. It's Stockholm syndrome. It's mm-hmm. like that they're fight for it, and they will, they you know that they go against their own in order to fight for their for their slave master. It's mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's fucking embarrassing. It's embarrassing to see, but again, it it is where it is. Everyone's at their own level of yeah. development mm-hmm. on this journey, and mm-hmm. you know I go through stages where I'm like yeah, you know, love and light. It's you know, everyone's everyone's at their own stage. You you can't rush people. But then there's other times it's like, no, you need to fucking wake up. Yeah, it's yeah. getting serious now. Right. And you know, within the next decade, we're at a very pivotal point. We either go down the route of the Great Awakening or we go down the route of the Great the Reset. Great Reset. And, yeah. You know, there's all, all this agenda that they're putting into place. It's this totalitarian fucking technocratic. Yeah. yeah, just just slipping it in here, here, there, and everywhere. And before you know it you know it's game over mm-hmm. and then i'm getting the fuck out of this matrix like literal it, it's it leads to like a literal prison planet that concept of like there's nowhere to run any longer it's like everything's been captured it literally is a prison planet yeah. like again i've got some guys you need to i don't know if you're familiar with this it might be something for you to research you know farsight have you heard of farsight before farsight like s-i-g-h-t F A R S I G H T Far Sight. I have not. No, they not. are a group of public researchers within the realm of remote viewing. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with remote viewing and what that is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do like a quick a definition quick... for anybody that's listening? Remote it's, viewing. It's a, It was. It was created in the 1970s or 80s by a psychic called Ingo Swan. He's like this famous uh, famous psychic and he created this system of being able to essentially it's a, it's, be, it's to be able to non-locally access specific points in time or specific areas uh, so they would spy on the russians and then this is all happened in the military realm and then they started to go a little bit deeper and they started to remote view events in the past remote view events in the future etc etc and anyway this farsight is um, like I said, a public organization that is, you know, so it's not mil- it's not private, it's not a, it's not a military based operation. And what they do is that they go, they just investigate specific phenomena, um, which is really interesting. They got some really interesting ones of who built pyramids and mm. you know all these ancient sites around the world who built this. But one of the ones that they did, they did an episode uh, called the Prison Planet. And mm-hmm. they've got some very interesting things to say. And that, you know, they've got this, they did this remote view. And what they saw is that there literally is like this grid. There's this grid, this etheric grid that's around the planet that basically when we die, it, you know, it pulls us towards the light, uh, the soul towards the light. And as your soul goes towards the light and moves into it, the light is actually a trap where it yeah, just basically captures. Yeah, it's false light. It literally traps your soul and it just wipes your memory and it just shoots you back down onto the earth. And that we're just in this constant cycle of just essentially being harvested, like for our for our you know our soul energy. For we, our talked to, we talked we talked about this in our in our live love loose episode a little bit. Yeah, it's live love loose. Um, yeah. But you, actually, Robert Monroe is the one that coined the term loose because when he astral projected. Yeah, you should um you should check that far site out. They've got a lot of good episodes, like a lot of real insightful stuff and stuff that's really changed my perspective on things. Um, all to do with the gods and who the gods really were of ancient Egypt, ancient Greece. 
Like they've got they what's going on in Antarctica, the reptilians, you know, all these ET races that are on the planet at the moment. They've got some really interesting shit that they uh, that they investigate, and it's done in a very clinical setting, mm-hmm. you know, under strict scientific protocols. Uh, again, something that's worth you guys checking out. So sure. what what do they advise then? Are you are you supposed to turn away from the light and go in the opposite direction? According to them, yeah. according to them, that the, that the, light, that the light is um, the light is a trap, and again, it's you, a soul all, catcher. Yeah, the, the, but then again, you look into all these ancient mystery school traditions and how they prep you for the afterlife, and you know why did some of these ancient sites were built, and that they would take you through these initiatory processes of essentially putting you on putting you in these situations where it would teach you to subconsciously program yourself to know how to maneuver the afterlife so that mm-hmm. you don't get caught in this, you know, it, get caught in that matrix trap. So, uh, you know, in combination with some of the stuff that you learn from there and then in combination with the stuff that Farsight are coming out with. Um, yeah. Again, it's just, it's, it's just interesting stuff just to take on board because it's, um, yeah, they've just got some really interesting stuff that they cover. I won't go into too much detail about it because it's a bit of a tangent, but it's just a good fit. It's just something that just comes to my mind then when we were covering that subject. Yeah, that's awesome, though, because yeah. I wasn't familiar with it, and I'm definitely going to do some research into that. There's mm. a lot of predictive programming when it talks about the false light and don't go towards the light. It's it's it's, 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 it's in a ton of movies. It's a really fascinating topic. You had mentioned Enneagram. Are you an Enneagram 8 by any chance? You know, that's one of those things. I'm a little bit of a. Um, You're both. I've done. I've done the test, and I have two, and I forget. I, I kind of, I kind of come out as an eight. I come out as a nine. I come out as mm-hmm. a three. You know, I've, I've, I've seen to be a little bit of a strange case in that I'm not as easy to uh, nail down to uh, to put in a box as mm-hmm. such. Got it. But again, I mean, it's. It's it's interesting. Like if you you could go on the Enneagram website and do the test, and you know it's pretty it's pretty accurate. And again, that's surface level. The more you get into the Enneagram and you really delve into the the depth of um of what it's about, you know you you can you can do some really deep learning of yourself, your shadow, and what to work on, and then also just the other people in your life, and just learn and. Again, if you want to, you fucking learn all of it and then you'll be able to know who it is that you're like, who you interact with. And it's the same thing. Like, again, if you're in this spiritual RPG game, as you would play any RPG game, there's a certain, you know, number of presets of personality, like character types that you can play through. So it would make sense if there's like just a nine different personality traits that experience the game world slightly differently you know, it all kind of add. It all kind of adds to to this. You know, this theory or this hypothesis that you know the that we're living in this virtual reality in this game world, and we're all just experiencing the world slightly different each playthrough. We might come back as a as a different character type to be able to experience and learn and evolve in a in a slightly different way. When you work on yourself, you the internal is the external. Mm-hmm. When you truly start to love yourself, you start to think good things about yourself. You talk to yourself kindly. You see the world in such a more positive aspect and your life starts to change. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, again, it's as above, so below, as within, so without. It's like you work on yourself and you better yourself and you you just create this ripple effect. And as you, as you again, if you get into the work of Dr. Richard Hawkins and you look on the map of consciousness and you start to move up the, um, you move up that scale of um, what he maps out as the scale, like the map of consciousness, you move up and then you you just create, you, you start to change what he calls these attractor fields within your energetic field and you you know you you start to see the world differently and the world starts to see you differently and you create this ripple effect throughout the planet or throughout the world something something like the butterfly effect Mm -hmm. right the more you better yourself like it just creates small ripples and over time that you know something is small ripple in could be in your immediate surrounding you know could throughout time, space time could become a massive tidal wave on the other side of the planet. You never know. Like something as simple as me committing to, you know, perfecting myself over my lifetime, creating this brand, you know, when I'm dead and gone, you know, the legacy that I want to create could become a giant tsunami of, you know, spiritual awakening in the future. And that all started from saving myself. The same mm-hmm. as Neo saves himself in order to get out of the matrix. He ended up saving Zion and he essentially saved the world. And it's the same when we look into all of these, you know, these mythologies throughout the old, you start getting into Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. It's always about the, 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 the story of spiritual evolution is all about yourself. And then you always end up saving the world in the process or saving your immediate world anyway. And if we're all doing that, you know, if we're all on that path and we're all trying to be the best version of ourselves, then we're fucking fixed this planet. You know, there's a few mm-hmm. demons that we have to slay. There's a few big bosses, big baddie bosses that we have to take care of. But that's not anything that's, you know, out of, uh, the, the longer this, the longer this goes on, the harder it gets. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not like it's an impossibility. We can still come out of this on top. Um, we just need a certain number of us to hit that point of critical mass and then, you know, the, the switch gets flipped and then, you know, we just start this mass awakening and the domino, it's like the hundred monkey effect, the dominoes start to fall and then the veil starts to collapse and then the matrix code starts to glitch and then we all start to wake up. For sure. I, I see it as like, there's really only two options. You can either take control of your life and do the things that you need to do and live in a conscious state, or you give up that power to agency is outside of yourself to, to take over and to do with you what, what they will, you know, to direct your thoughts or to direct your behavior. It's kind of like you have to take back that personal power in order to navigate life in the way that you want it to go and to go in the direction that you consciously intend. Yeah. It's like one of the, it's one of the hermetic laws of cause and effect. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people live their life as the effect of someone else's cause. Mm-hmm. And like the whole point is that we need to become the cause and effect of our own life so that, you know, the life that we're living is the direct effect of our own personal causes. You know, people just live in this unconscious state of mm-hmm. being where, you know, they, they blame everything on others when in reality, they're just the effect of, you know, these people at the top of the pyramid, their cause is it, tri- is it trickles down the pyramid and they're, they're living with the scraps and they're wondering why. And it's yeah. just because they're not, they haven't developed the self-awareness to be able to even see the pyramid to begin with mm-hmm. and then let alone find a way to be able to, you know, collapse that pyramid. That kind of brings me into my question. Um, 
So Velo had mentioned that you kind of live in a remote area. It's it's not. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to talk a little bit about like that lifestyle and sort of, I guess, like walking the walk, talking the talk and, and sort of that like going towards an off-grid type lifestyle almost. Yeah, I mean, I'm not completely off grid. I'm yeah. not living in some little off grid civilization in no. the middle of nowhere. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not completely full spectrum like that yet. Yeah. But you know, in re- in regards to comparing it to city life, I'm pretty yeah. off grid. I'm, I live out in the in the Midlands now of England. I used to live in the city um, down on the southwest coast of England in a place called Bristol, which is kind of like if you imagine London being like the New York of mm-hmm. England um Bristol would have been like the LA in regards to the east west and kind of the mentalities mm-hmm. like Bristol's a little bit more progressive liberal compared to the more well what's going on in London what's going on in New York um mm-hmm. so I yeah I just had enough of that and Bristol was one of the big um sort of testing spots for 5g mm. uh here in the uk and it just bristol was getting super liberal super snowflakey and i was mm. just you know i just couldn't be around that and then the coronavirus thing hit with this bullshit started happening and everyone started mm. to show their true colors of how fucking asleep they are <laughs> and i was just like man just so much bullshit negative energy that i just can't be around and i just can't bother to deal with all the fucking zombie stares that you get from people when you're walking around about a mask Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I, me, me and my girlfriend came out here to the to the Midlands, literally out on a strawberry farm in the middle of nowhere. And um, yeah, we just, I just set up shop here. And I was saying to Vilo earlier, I was like, you know, it's it. There are some things that you take for granted when you're living in the city. You know, you, mm-hmm. you get it's easily you get. You know, I'm still normal. I still like having the internet and you know <laughs> modern luxuries as yeah. such. I'm out here and you get like one bar signal on your phone and you're like, oh fuck, it's all well and good theorizing <laughs> you're away from EMFs, but when you actually got no right. signal, you're like, fuck, I'm gonna yeah. run a business here online and I can't even get online. <laughs> <to run laughs> So you can yeah. like literally as soon as as soon as I got here when I first got here I just I, and the signal shit I just sat and I was like fuck it's gonna be hard mm-hmm. and then I just had to find a way around that but you know when you, in time like it, everything happens and plays out the way that it's supposed to and it's just a different it's a much slower lifestyle here and it's what I needed I wanted to get away from the city I didn't want to be around people mm-hmm. I wanted a place where I could be like have solitude and be like a little hermit be away from people so i could get on with my work i could enter my creative zone and i could just start fucking churning out the products with the business i could scale and grow the business and just have a completely different lifestyle completely different you know where where i'm putting my energy the energy that i'm around connect back to you know the natural world a little bit more you know the the food that i eat i i literally i literally kind of just live off meat meat and eggs and the the meat that i consume is literally like cows are literally like a field or so away from me wow, I literally wow. Just consume that. i've got raw milk that i can access that i just you know, that's just down the road from here and that's literally yeah, i got the food on my doorstep i got i don't again i don't eat much vegetables or fruits so i don't have to worry about that and then i eat completely locally um you know everything's I'm trying to dial in and like Vilo said, I'm trying to walk the walk because I've talked the talk mm. for a, a long period of my life. And now I'm trying to really put everything 
into practice so I can, you know, be full spectrum with everything that I, that I promote with my brand, with my philosophy and everything that I tell other people when I do my coaching, like, uh, I want to show, I want to lead by example with this. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you ready for the last question, Chris? The Give hard, the hard question. <laughs> question. Okay. So what I, Nicole and I both really have enjoyed is we like to ask our guests, special guests what Mm -hmm. is the one song that penetrates your soul the (laughs) the thing is there's like there's some of the songs that i want to say but then there's the song that i do want to say but it's going to kind of give like a completely different image of me i think you have to give that that's the one Uh, that you have to tell us mm -hmm. okay let me um where's my phone let me uh are you gonna sing it for us definitely not (laughs) most definitely not um so my first one kind of mainstream kind of not is light by san holo that's my song that when i when i do when i formulate my products um it gets a little bit esoteric here when i get when i formulate my products i kind of go into like a trance state where i kind of have you ever heard of shambhavi mudra no so basically it's this form of meditation where you go like this and you mm-hmm. like look into your like third eye mm-hmm. and you can get into a very deep, it's like a very, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to do to begin with. <laughs> you have to learn how to really pull your eyes back to stare into your third eye, but you're going deep into this meditative wow. state. And then I will basically, I go into like, you know, inner body or outer body as such. And I listen to these songs. And I get like blasted into my internal universe. And then I just basically i create like a kind of like a a myth like an internal myth where certain ingredients are personified as characters within this myth and they go on like a joint mission together in order to save the planet but in in regards to saving the planet the planet is actually the body and i would think of different scenarios in my head where different ingredients come together with a specific outcome that they want to achieve it's quite crazy. It's probably requires. No, I don't bit. think it is. I think it's very intentional. It's like putting intention it's, behind. It's intention. Yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. So that song is one where I kind of like blast my kind of like consciousness through these realms. And then the, the second one, which again, this is the one that's like, you know, a bit of an outlier, but it, it it's, um, it's a good song guys. It's mm-hmm. called, it's a beautiful song. So I used to do, um, I used to host psilocybin ceremonies. Um, and when you, when you're like, ho- when you, you know, facilitate or host in these ceremonies, when you go on these psychedelic adventures, the music plays a very important part mm-hmm. in the whole journey. It kind of guides you and you can go through these different, you, you kind of ride the wave with the music where you connect with it and it takes you through different aspects of your soul, it takes you through different aspects of that like inner self, be it the shadow self, be it through your light self, et cetera, et cetera. And there's always this one song I always remember that, I had this like real powerful experience once where it was a, um, it was like a, well, a twin flame experience where I was, um, where I saw essentially me and my twin flame, like our timelines were, I was just living through the, our timelines and those timelines were kind of, you know, tw- like 
spiraling around each other, which as my perspective and awareness pulled out, I'd seen that it became like a double helix. Mm-hmm. And the double helix DNA formed, you know, that my higher self, which obviously she is a part of. And there was just like this song that I remember just kind of awaking as I came out of that. The song come on and it just literally like brought me to tears. Like it was just a fucking deep song. It's called Gambia. And it's by a woman named Sona Jabar Jabarte. Jabarte? G-O-B-A-R-T-E-H. Sona S-O-N-A. It's um it's yeah, it's it's an it's an African song and it it, it sounds like kind of tribal-ish, but it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a beautiful song and it's like really like when when I was on the coming out of the mushroom trip, it was just like my whole heart just like opened up and then you just had this like real kind of like flood of like just emotion of just yeah, just like epicness and appreciation and just love and just yeah, just appreciation for life and it, I, I, it's it's always been a like a point in time which I remember. So yeah, that's yeah, that's I, perfect. And that light vibe. Yeah. And so, yeah. mm-hmm. We're making a playlist, so we will add. I'm gonna make an exception. I'll add both. <laughs> you know, Gotta just for you, Chris. I'll wrong. make an exception. <laughs> so, and where can people find you? Sweet. So um, you can find me on Instagram. It's very hard to find because I'm always shadow banned. Uh, <laughs> Primal Alchemy UK. Uh, so you can find me on there. That's where, you know, I'm pretty much on there. If you want to contact me, that's the best place to contact me. My website is um, primalalchemy.co.uk. Um, I also have an Etsy store, Primal Alchemy. If you're listening to this and you're from the UK, then I've got an Amazon. I'm on Amazon, Amazon UK. Um, that I'm on YouTube as well. I don't really use that. I've got a few of my podcast episodes. Um, my podcast, which I haven't done for a while, but it's a good 60 episodes for you to listen to. Um, that's on Spotify. That's on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, like all the big podcasting apps. You can check it out on there. Uh, but yeah, like the main place where I'm mostly active is um, is Instagram. So if you want to reach out to me, just drop me a line on there, and I'll be more than happy to connect and you know answer any of your questions that you that may have been raised through just hearing me on here. Or if you download the map, you know, like I say, it's a free PDF download. Um, you can you can download that off the website, and yeah, any questions you have, just drop me a line, and I'll get back to you when I can. Awesome, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for assassinating the matrix with us. Oh, good guys. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been great connecting with the two of you and good questions as well. Good uh, spectrum of topics and gave people a little bit of a taste there for a few things that, you know, the Primal Alchemy brand's about and not just the Primal Alchemy brand, but just topics that are important in today's age to get a, you know, just a general sense of awareness of for you to do more research on. Mm-hmm.